What's up, everyone, to the Mega Man Hour podcast with your host, Steven Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. What's up, guys, on this Taco Tuesday? Time is 447. Um, I've been doing some homework, doing some research, you know, because I'm, I'm going to do a, a five part of Mega Man's life from my childhood. We're going to talk about part two today about high school and college and everything. Three, four, and five. Those are going to be very kind of like good, bad, ugly, dark. But uh, yeah, how's everyone all doing? Um, I got a lot of shout outs. I'm going to leave those in the end. Um, I had a pretty uh, busy day. Um, I had to take care of some errands. My, I had to fix my uh, bathroom sink. I had to get that done. Uh, clean the house. Um, you know, drama at work. You know, people just don't want to work anymore. So I have to pick up the pace. You know, it's all good. Getting more hours. It is what it is. So today we're going to talk about uh, Mega Man's Life Part 2. And we're just going to focus today on the high school, college life, and everything. So right now, since I already graduated from Ustack Middle School in 8th grade, uh, my mom enrolled me into Bayer High School. It's in uh, Modesto, California. It's on Keller by Sylvan. Um, one thing about Modesto, it was a big change. Um, still dealing with, um, I know there was a lot, a lot of white people and everything, but dealing, I wasn't used to dealing with racism. And having making a, making a lot of cool ass friends at at Middle School, then going to Byer High School, I had a you know a lot of friends here and there that I went to school with, and um, I don't know, I was a little nervous about going to high school, worried about like the seniors gonna beat up the freshmen and all that stuff. I had to find my place there. Um, I had to make a lot of new friends. It's just everyone had their little cliques, their little alliances and everything. Um, didn't I noticed at that time there was a lot of fights there, a lot of racism, um, you know, whites against blacks, blacks against Mexicans, blacks against whites, you know, whites against is this like a race war? Is this it was pretty bad in those times, you know. It was like in the like in the nineties, of course, but even though like the nineties were bad in any city, it can happen in Modesto too. It was a lot of gangs, a lot of Mexican gangs, a lot of Aryan gangs, a lot of black gangs, a lot of Asian gangs. It's just a lot of people were strapped up. I mean, there was a lot of cops at 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 Byer High School because in the locker rooms, you know, there was people selling drugs, there was guns. Uh, there was just a lot of shady stuff, and uh, man, I seen it all, man. I mean, I'm not gonna mention names on this episode, but yeah, there was some, there was some crazy ass fucking shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going through a lot of those times. You know, sometimes I would ditch. Sometimes I would be at school just to be like whatever, just to learn and go home. I see into a lot of fist fights. A lot of fights, a lot of uh, antagonizing, a lot of bullying. You just, it was a free for all, you know. They used to hang around with uh, Mike, Guy Lawrence, Mike Lawrence, Willie. We had like, our little cliques and everything, but um, I can tell little by little once the school was, I could tell what a lot of people, we used to be all friends and everyone was just dividing into little groups and you know is this it wasn't the same like i used to be at ustack anymore like we all tracks we all stick together it's just like i think everyone was just trying to find themselves and um 
yeah, I just, man, I, I got into a lot, a lot of fights, man. There was even a fight, well, this guy, I guess we were, I was going to class, we bumped into each other, hit me in the shoulder, hit him, I was like, what the fuck? You know, he called me a wet bag and everything, and all of a sudden, the guy was like, it was a white guy, and he was like, come on, swing at me, swing at me first. And I swinged at him and opened a big old cut. He was a wrestler. We got into a fist fight and everything. It was just, it was fucking bad, man. It's just a lot of the, the kids were just pick fights with him just to fuck, just fuck around. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of guys and girls were purposely trying to get in trouble just to get expelled to go to Elliott Continuation School or just kind of stay home. They just didn't give a fuck anymore. So... It was kind of like, you know, it's almost like you had to really watch your back, you know, even seeing kids, uh, students getting fight with teachers and everything. It's just fights in the bathroom. It's just, it was crazy in those days, man. Um, I had my, I mean, I don't want to talk about it was all bad and buyer. I mean, I had my good times, you know, dated some girls here and there, went to my first prom with Heather. I I still have those pictures. <laughs> It was pretty good. My mom kind of like spent so much money taking me and my prom date out, you know, and uh, dancing, just having a good time, meeting some people. And uh, I think down the end, uh, I noticed that the principals and the teachers were trying to find a way to get me expelled or whatever. So they, they used to call me to the office just to check up to see how I was doing. But in a way, they just wanted just to like antagonize or trying to instigate or trying to find a way to to, uh to get me expelled and stuff so i mean they were just trying to get rid of all the all the bad kids you know just trying to do a little uh a clean sweep you know and uh everyone was just dropping out just not going to school people just transferring to other schools it wasn't just people just wasn't feeling it because um in my eyes there was a lot of racism with the teachers the cops modesto cops were really kind of like just just messing with us and you know back then there was no cameras we had no phones how we all have it these days or you can just post it and everything it's just a lot of shit happened man and uh i was bad and you know i just didn't to me i think my mom gave my mom a hard time i just didn't feel like going to school anymore and um it just went downhill because i know one day one one time everything just changed where one of my friends i'm not going to mention names Went to the house. This is where I had my first, very, very, very first beer. Um, beer. So we had a big old glass of Old English, like you know these wine bottles, like the glasses, like the jugs. We we're just drinking and drinking, just whatever, just playing hooky, just ditching whatever. And uh, they were telling me, "Why don't you just stay? Stay with us?" Like, no, I got to go back to class because I think if I would reach a certain amount of tardies, whatever, I would have. It would have been truancy, whatever. Then it would have counted. Wouldn't got suspended they would expel me there i was into that point where if i was late or any of this or ever do anything bad they're just gonna get rid of me so i was like fuck it drinking super fucking drunk go back to the fucking school and um i almost got ran over by cars i was going to high school all drunk and i just i was like whatever kind of like just fell down passed out threw up it was kind of embarrassing moment I don't know what I was doing. I was just kind of more like just trying to fit into the crowd. And um, it was embarrassing. My mom came and everything. And uh, that same day, um, uh, the principals were kind of happy that 
this situation happened because, you know, they expelled me and um I think at the time my mom just couldn't deal with deal with me anymore, so my mom just shipped me back to Los Angeles where I moved in with um my dad. But uh, before that, I was in the hospital, and people were just a lot of my family were embarrassed of me. My mom was embarrassed, and um, I had alcohol poisoning. But um, my mom was just embarrassed. She just had enough. Says, you know what? If you stay here more longer, you're not gonna fucking make it. It was just pretty bad, pretty pretty bad. I just, I was just walking over, walking uh, over my mom just every fucking day. I just didn't give a fuck about anything anymore. I was just, I was a troublemaker. I was really, really, really bad guys. So my mom shipped me out to L.A. You know, I moved in with my dad. My dad, you know, saying, hey, you know, you have rules, you know, and everything. But I think in a way, my dad, since my dad was never around, I felt like I was missing that puzzle. Maybe he can guide me and be there for me. But I feel like the differences were, you know, like... If you're like parents, if you're going to be there for your kids, be there. Just don't be say, oh, I'm going to be there, but you're not. You got to be there because you never know what's going to happen with your daughter and your son. You got really got to monitor because, I mean, it's easy to monitor now. But back in the day, it was a free for all. You, you don't know when your son or daughter was going to come back. So I get it. So my dad enrolled me into I uh, went uh, to Lakewood High. I had to try to do good, whatever I can. I was observing. I was studying the crowd. Um, usually when I went, when I went to Bayer, it was about 15 to 1800 kids. And when I got transferred to Lakewood high in uh, Long Beach, um, at the time there was about maybe eight, six to maybe 8,000 kids at that school. The reason why is that they were building the, the school in, um, on the West side, uh, called Cabrillo high school. So once that school was done, half of those kids who were from the West side or here or whatever, they were just push them all out and take them to that school, you know, and all that, because there was no high school at that side. So there was a, it was a big adjustment. I never seen a lot of, so much uh, kids, so much, I was like, wow. Um, I made a couple of friends, but I was more of a loner and everything. And um, I try to find my space, whatever I can, hang with the Asian crowd, Mexican crowd, you know. It was really hard because everyone had, like bigger clicks, you know, I would just sit down and chill. It was, it was more like uh, the benches were all Mexicans. The This bench was all whites. This bench was all blacks. This bench was all Asians. So it was kind of more like whatever. Um, I try to do whatever I can just to go to school. Uh, try to do good grades. Um, met some cool-ass friends. But it was just a lot of people. And um, I noticed that I made some friends... Um, um, I met a, I met a, a guy, his name was, his name, well, his name was, his gangster name was Clip. And, um, he was in a, a gang called, uh, CBC. Uh, it was called Crazy Brother Clan. And it was like an Asian gang, but they had like mixtures of white people, Mexicans, or just like whatever. And, uh, I was hanging around with them and all that stuff. And it was, I made some friends and everything. And, um. I was hanging around with uh, a lot of them, you know, all the CBC people who went to Lakewood High and everything. And uh, I was hanging around with a lot of the Asian people because, I mean, Long Beach was a lot of, uh, it was diverse with everything. But, I mean, some of them I knew because they kind of live in Lakewood or Long Beach. And since I went to school with them in class and everything, I used to hang around with them. And that's when um, 
you know, it's like at the time I was kind of like looking for a home or looking to make more friends and kind of be loved. And I wasn't thinking at the time. And uh, he said like, hey, you want to be jumped in? But I think I, I, I didn't get jumped in a certain way. It should have been jumped in by the OGs, like the real OGs of CBC. And um, yeah, I got jumped in, man. I got my ass kicked. I tried to get some fist fights here. Try to, well, it was just too much. It must have been. I got jumped by like 20 or 25 people, man. I'm not over exaggerating. I mean, I got fucked up. I mean, I was getting stomped on. The next day, I got beat up and I had a big old Nike shining mark of a shoe <laughs> on the left side of my forehead. I was like, fuck, I got fucked up. But I was more pretty much like, cool with everyone and all that but I was just trying to fit in you know because I was a loner I didn't know so those were my friends and everything and um, a lot of the times I try to do good but a lot of times I would have to go here and there used to some used to be a lot of gang fights I mean there was a lot of times my dad doesn't know this I have to I had to bring uh, I had to bring a little mini bat I had to bring a long knife in my backpack because there was a lot of a uh, uh, fighting going on in Lakewood and even after school you know some uh, we fights with some of the there'll be like maybe five to seven or eight car loads deep either they're gonna get you from the front of the school the side whatever you go meet up you don't know if they're strapped I mean fuck it was a shit it's almost like I had to look over my shoulder and there'll be like following pointing people from certain like from the you know there was like with gangs with TRG and Asian boys and all it was just like fuck it was bad in those days and I was like there was a lot of times I had like two or three cars follow me you know trying to pick a spot and luckily there was cops there to see what was going on they took off I mean I mean I got shot I got shot at maybe two times my dad like I said my dad doesn't even know about this I mean I was kind of like not gonna talk about this on the episode but fuck it you know man there was a lot of times you know uh I got shot at two times, you know. Um, I got hit in the back of the head by a bat. Um, I almost got shanked with a fucking long knife. I was walking to class and there was a uh, a TRG there and they kind of saw me. And I kind of seen what was looking in his backpack. I noticed he took out a fat knife and shit. And I was like, oh, shit. And luckily, I mean, fuck, there was a lot of times. There, there used to be a TRG guy. So he, was, he used to have a strap on and stuff. But... I mean, I think a lot of that stuff was going on, and I think I think the principal at Lakewood High had a, was like, "Fuck it, I had enough." Had a had a there was a lot of cops came. They were doing a sweep on each classroom, checking everyone's backpacks with guns, knives. They must have arrested about maybe thirty to forty people, checking the lockers, checking everything out because it was enough. You know, there was even times where the seniors or the juniors had their own cars. They would hide their guns and they would have snip. They had the the, they would, the cops would bring canines sniffing if there was any drugs or uh, like automatic weapons. It was it was pretty bad in those times. And um, and then you know, there's times I didn't come home and my dad was really mad. Like, hey, you know, you got to be here in a certain time. I just my I didn't. I was like to my dad, fuck you. I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever I want. But I just took advantage of him. And and everything changed is when I went to a, I went to a CBC party in the east side of Long Beach. I know the place, but I'm not going to mention it. Because there are certain people I still talk to till this day. And, and I asked them, would it be possible to mention you and your names and everything? And they said no. I like they just want to keep their lives very private because they moved on. You know, they don't, they're not with that anymore. So we all grew up. It's just that... We're in mischief in those times. 
So I used to hang out. We used to have make food and everything and um, hang out with the, the crowd, you know, drinking and all that until there was a lot of drive-by shootings and, you know, TRG was shooting up the house and everything. It was just too much. And uh, my dad was looking for me for like a day or two and I didn't come home and he was worried like maybe something happened. Luckily, I met one of the CBC's guys. His name was Cautious. It was a white guy. He had a shaved head with a ponytail. Looked like like uh, like Tong Po from Kickboxer. Super cool. Lived in Broadway and everything. Kind of spent a night for a day or two just to whatever. I think it was just too much for me at the house. I wasn't getting along with my stepmom and my dad. You know, just I wasn't fitting in. So I, I hanged. Um, I was with just playing video games, whatever, for two days. And when I went back home, I saw my dad looking for me over from Long Beach. My dad got mad, got into an altercation, you know, trouble. I think all I know is a fist fight or whatever. And uh, it's just like, you know, Stephen, I just can't deal with you no more. You're just too much. And that's the thing, you know, my dad, there was a there was a humongous gap where, you know, for years my dad wasn't there. So he didn't understand what I was going through in those stages. Because like I said, when my mom and my dad, when they split up, you know, my dad did his thing. My mom did his thing. There was a gap where I didn't see my dad. You know, I was more like... Like, I was kind of more hateful to my dad. Like, why would you do that? Because I always wanted my mom and my dad to be together. And it's just things didn't work out, you know, just differences and stuff like that, which I don't really like talking about because it's kind of more, it's a little, it's a little personal and uh, it it gets kind of emotional and stuff like that, which I already talked on my loss on episode, on uh, part one and everything. So once my me and my dad and me and my dad got a conflict, things didn't work out. Um, my dad just shipped me back to Northern California with my mom, which I was kind of homesick in a way. It's just, I was I was more wild in Long Beach more than I was in Modesto when I calmed down, and I feel like um, with me, I wanted. To, I wanted to go back to high school with my friends and reminisce and be there, graduate, but. I felt like my mom lied to me because I, my mom promised me, like, I'm going to take you to a high school so I can graduate. Either way, I can graduate because I had cousins that went to Downey and uh, Gracie Davis and, you know, Modesto and everything. I mean, not Modesto, but Fred C. Byer High School. I just wanted to graduate because I, you know, I went to junior high with, and elementary with all those kids from 6th, 7th, and 8th. So I wanted to graduate with the class. But I felt like my mom kind of honey-dicked me where it's like, yeah, you're going to go with your high school, but... My mom had other things in mind where she enrolled me um, to a Christian school. It's not there no more. They closed down. It was called First Apostolic Christian School, uh, First Apostolic Christian Academy. It was my mom's brother, Martin Amador. He's a pastor um, over at uh, First Modesto. So at the time, I was a sophomore. I was like thinking to myself, what are we doing here? And um, that's where I met um, the principal, the teacher. Uh, his name was uh, Louis Martinez. So I was more mad. I was more hatred for you. Like, even till after my graduation, I was still more hatred. And um, this, I didn't want to be around my mom because I felt like my mom lied to me because I wanted to, you know, g- go to a regular high school. But in her best interest, because I was so bad, she put me in a, in a Christian, like a little academy school, which we did like pace work, like pace books. We didn't have no teach- teachers. We did everything on our own. And that's when I noticed that when from elementary, junior high, and high school, I had a learning disorder because the schools didn't teach 
the right stuff to students. So when I started doing pace stuff, like books and stuff, it's almost like I had to start over from doing kindergarten work, first, second, and third. And, and even now I had to go, and I even had to go to summer school because there was a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. It was hard for me. It would take me about four to maybe eight or nine times to find to figure it out and make sense. It was hard. And um, that's where I, I got a lot of help. Um, I made a lot of friends. I was catching up on my academics, my grammar, my reading, um, and everything because of that school. So I kind of, looking back now, it maybe was good that I went to that school. I met a lot of friends, you know, a lot of church, a lot of the church friends like Ruben Amaya, Gonzalo Lopez, Steve Moreno, Cesar Menmo, Monica Lopez, Andrea Lopez, uh, her brother, Juan, I mean, my cousin Connie, Brandon, Esther, I mean, the, the list can goes on and on, you know, and, and um, Sandra, she was uh, one of the assistants, Becky, um, her brother Raymond went there, Monica Robles, I mean, everything, list, you know, and uh, I made a lot of cool people because we went to school there, and also we, we knew each other from church and everything, so we all grew up, and just, I was kind of always with them, and um I had to get I had to get a job because uh <laughs> my mom's gonna kill me. Um when I was going to school I used to uh I was bored, my mom used to work two or three jobs and I used to call these one nine hundred numbers talking about these sex calls and whatever. I didn't know you have to pay like three ninety nine a minute and all of a sudden I the bill came up to close to twelve. I think it was twelve or eight, nine hundred dollars. I don't want to exaggerate. I think it's nine or or thousand dollars. It was too much. My I already knew because I saw the bill. My mom saw. I just closed the door. My mom was trying to break. Are you motherfucker? How are you gonna fake and pay this and everything? And it was like fuck. And that's when I had to get a job for the very first time. I was working at Wendy's. Uh, Wendy's uh, grocery. I mean Wendy's uh fast food. So what I would always do is every time I would work, whatever, 40 or 30 hours, you know, in the summertime, I would give my mom half of my money to pay that that bill off and everything. So at the time, I was working in a fast food and going to school and doing work. And a lot of people don't know this because on you get a, 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 a permit that you only can work a certain hours. So there was times where I wanted more money to spend on me to buy new clothes. So sometimes if my teacher, he would put, Stephen can only work about 20 hours a week, whatever, I would erase it because I think he did it in pencil and I put like 39 or 40 hours, whatever, kind of messed me up because I would work all these weird shifts, come back home, do my work, whatever, be done around three, four o'clock in the morning, take a nap, get ready, take the bus, go to school, or maybe sometimes go to work, whatever. I was just going to school and work. I just didn't want to fucking be home. I just, I was caring about, I want to make more money. I want to do this. I, I want a new basketball shoes. I want new Air Jordans. I want a new backpack. I want money in the bank. If I was to go back right now, knowing what I know now, I should just focus on school and work and just save, 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 and never use, never get credit cards, whatever. I, I had it too fucking easy. And plus, in a way, I didn't have to pay fucking rent. I was living with my mom. It's just a lot of things. So once it started getting better and better, adapting, you know, you just had... I mean, all together, the school only had about like maybe 30 or 40 kids. So we all... It's like, uh, okay, you just have to... If you hate someone, you're going to see that fucking person every day. So you might as well just fucking talk to them and, and get to know them more and everything. So um, 
I had my moments. There had a fight here or two, but it was just like nothing. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Even Sergio and uh, Jessica Macias went there. Man, it was just, man, those are old times, man. Just memories. My cousin Julian went there. Yeah, Julian Hernandez, man. I know he's got married. He has a boy now. He, you know, just want to say what's up to Julian. I haven't seen none of my cousins for a very long time. It's not the same like it used to be anymore. Um... I, I, ever since like I was in that school, um, I calmed down a lot. Um, I wasn't getting into trouble like I used to anymore, so I know it was best. Uh, Louis Martinez, the teacher and the principal, I know he passed away years ago, but he helped me out a lot. He was always there for me. At the time, I had very low self-esteem. Um, I was very depressed. There was times I was very suicidal. My mom doesn't even know about this. She'll probably hear it now. Um, I could. I had to find myself. I used to get picked on a lot by my family, you know, and everything. And uh, it just used to bother me. I used to be so mad. I just. I. I was like so mad at the fucking world, and I was like, "Fuck this." So that's what I will always do. Just focus on school and just focus on work and don't be home because I just didn't. I was didn't want to get picked on. I don't want to be harassed or anything it's just that you know a lot of the times a lot of my family my mom you know they're very more old school you know they're not like have that caring it's almost like they have that tough love and then I can't I can't be like that with my kids you know because now these days we're living in a sensitive world and uh you know they need love man you gotta show them attention you know like hey you know you're gonna do good don't worry you need that motivation for to tell your kids that and everything but with my motivation my mom and people used to just talk shit to me you're nothing you're never gonna mount to anything you know i think that to me that was kind of like what are you trying to do are you trying to put me down saying that i'm nothing or whatever, or if I have dreams, like you're just gonna kill my dreams. I want to go to college and do this, whatever. There was just a lot of things like that, and then you know, I don't like putting my mom on blast, but there was a lot of things I kind of just resent. I resented her. I I despised her. She was like my fucking nemesis. I was like, man, fuck you, you know. When I told my mom one day, I was like, you know, like I I want to graduate. I I want to go to college. I want to do this, and she just kind of laughed and thinking to myself. You going to college? I don't see you as college material. How are you going to fucking make it? You're fucking stupid. Now, these are her own words. People are going to say, oh, she never said that. That shit still stuck by me in my heart. And I, and I still think about it till this day. And it was not fair. It's like, why would you put me down saying I'm never mounting anything? And you're the one pushing yourself being a single mother. Going to school to better yourself to get your degree, you know, because you're a preschool teacher, first, second, and third. You should be motivating me. You should be pushing me to do things. And I felt like, to me, I felt like there was people to, left me out to dry because I was getting to that stage now. I was going to be a senior. What am I going to do? I was worried. Am I going to go to college? I'm going to do this. So I just started, like, just going to school, going to church. I meant... Date. Oh, yeah. My dating life, it was kind of like off and on, off and on. I dated here and there. I was in the Asian phase. I used to date a lot, a lot of Asian girls back in the day. And I just kind of like, kind of like was over it. And since I was going to school, I was going to church a lot. I, I met, um, there's times I still think about her to this day. And um, a lot of people say, you guys are the perfect match. But I, 
I fucked it up. Looking back now, I see her like she's doing good and everything. But uh, I know my cousins, everyone's gonna hear this. But uh, I think my really, my very, very, tr- my very true love now was um, Elma Espinosa. Yeah. There's times I still think about her still. She was a good girl. She was really nice. We just clicked off the bat. I think she was like maybe two years older than me, but man, I still I still think about times. But hey, people move on, you know. I don't know if she's with anyone or anything, but uh, I still think about her from time to time. That, out of all the girls I dated, everyone I dated, I think she should have been the the she she should have been the that girl I wanted to settle down with. I know I have kids. I know I have a daughter. I love my kids no matter what. But man, that was the one that got away. I, yeah, that was my true love, Elma Espinosa. I know it's crazy, huh? <laughs> Reflecting, got a little emotional right now. Just got a little teary, you know, because think about the good times. So once uh, my senior year, I was almost done. Uh, I graduated. My mom was happy. Do a big party. Only two. Only two people graduated. Two people graduated. I graduated in, um, you know, ninety nine. I mean, I'm sorry, ninety eight. And uh, it was me and Monica Robles and stuff. She's doing good. I think she has two kids now. She's got married. I think she works in the uh, the hospital now. I think at Sutter's. I think. Yeah, I, I still keep in touch with her on uh, on Facebook. I don't know if she has an Instagram, but yeah. So I think after that, um, I was going through my phases after uh, high school. I was just working and working and working, just sleeping, working, just trying to find myself and everything. Um, things didn't work out when I was staying with Modesto. Me and my stepdad got into a conflict, fist fights, and everything. And uh, I think it was enough. You know, my mom got remarried. I was more like I didn't want no one to marry my mom, nobody. And um, I just didn't. I, for in the beginning, I just didn't fucking like him. And I thought he was a piece of shit. He was more old school, you know. And there's one thing I have to tell you this, guys. And I don't know if I'm going to get flack for this, whatever. Fuck it. Kind of notice when you live... For me, I'm living in uh, Northern California, Southern California. Everything's diverse in Southern California. And I've, a lot of people don't know. I mean, maybe in a way the people who listen to this podcast who live in Northern California, maybe you might have a sense on it. There was a lot of racism. And um, there was a lot of Mexicans who were embarrassed to be Mexicans. They didn't want to learn Spanish. They didn't want to learn about the cultures. They were embarrassed to be Mexican. They used to brainwash people. They used to be very racist. That's like if a Mexican dated a, a black person or an Asian, you just fell off the deep end. They would, they would, they would just blackball you and everything it was pretty bad and I think in a way it kind of brainwashed me to the point is that how society should be and that I, I was very confused and that's where a lot of the stuff was happening getting to fist fights um, 
trouble, trying to find me, trying to find myself. Like no one could understand me because this person would say this, my family would say this, this one say that. It was just like, who am I? I don't even know who I was. Because like I said, I was learning things on my own and no one guided me. My mom sometimes was there, but she was working. My dad, I was kind of more like not even talking to my dad for years. And, you know, I just, it, it was bad. So my mom uh, shipped me out, moved with my dad um, and everything. And uh, I thought in a way it would be kind of good, you know, kind of took a lot of time off and kind of like get back and kind of, it was only good for a couple months and it went back to how it was, you know, um, being mischief, didn't give a fuck, didn't want to go to church, didn't want to get up. I was working. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to go to church anymore. I was. I was fucking done. I hated. It, it wasn't for me, cause I was still living that that rebellious life where it's like fuck you, fuck the world, fuck everything. And I was working. I got a a car and everything, and I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it no more. And so my dad kicked me out again, and um. I was hopping around, living in people's houses from place to place. There was a lot of times, guys, I was homeless. I was living in bathrooms. I was living in the streets. I was worried if my car was going to get repoed or not. I got a whole bunch of tickets, how to hide my car. I was working. I don't even know when I was going to get my next shower. I don't know when I was going to get my next meal. I was living in my fucking car in the summertime. So if you think about it, I don't even know if they're going to tow my car. I was living in the back seat, you know? And I would wake up around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning because I would wake up by the fucking heat because it would be so fucking hot and it would start getting hotter. It would be like 100 degrees. I'd wake up and I'd just drive around and doing this, doing that, going maybe going to YMCA, see if I could take a hot shower, you know, or whatever. Go to my friend's house like, hey, can I, can I take a shower? Can I stay over? I was just living that life. I was living like, wanting to see what was out there. And there was a time where it's like, I couldn't do it no more. And my dad took me in. They tried to work things out again. And my dad kicked me out. And and this is where everything changed. Um, I called my mom. So I have nowhere else to go. I mean, I'm homeless. You know, at the time, my mom was trying to save up money. And she was still trying to talk to Eddie to see maybe should we bring him back? Well, how's he going to do? So the last option was uh, my mom, uh, she uh, called my uncle, Manuel. He passed away you know a while back and uh he took me in and at the time I was working food for less and that's where my uncle Manuel changed my life he was very I never met a I never met a person like him before he was like to me like he was like a he was like my dad my dad was never around he was like my my true dad because he was there for me and uh um I'm a little emotional right now about talking about this. He changed my life. And uh, he taught me to be a man. Taught me to stand up for myself. He taught me, don't let people walk over you. You you always have thick skin. You work hard, you know. Be the best you can be and everything. And he would just help me out. There's times I still miss him still. That was like my really, really... My really true dad, he was always there for me. And I always, because of him, I always wanted to better myself, work hard, go to school, make money, you know, like have a good life. And 
Let's, uh, he, uh, was getting sick. Then he, they amputated his arm and his leg. <laughs> he used to visit me at work and he wanted to see how I was doing. He saw me that I was so fucking happy and just seeing him just made me cry because I know little by little who he was going to go. I just wanted to better myself and, and be like the best person I can be so people can be like, man, look at Steven. He got his fucking shit together, which I did. And, uh, yeah. And I was working and uh, I met my uh, my ex-wife, her, Nemo. We met, <laughs> my, met one of my friends, uh, she was uh, working at Icings and I was working at Lakewood at Natural Wonders. And she's like, hey, I have a friend who wants to, she thinks you're hot, whatever. I sent a picture out. So we met on a blind date and everything. And uh, we talked on the phone. And the first thing she said, hey, do you like heavy metal music? And I was like, no. And so it's like we started chatting and chatting and chatting. And uh, we kicked it off on the phone. One thing about it, man, <laughs> she was tall. She was tall. Tall Asian girl, different, heavy metal. She was living that raver, heavy metal life and everything. And uh, it was good, you know. I was going to school at uh, Long Beach City College. She was going to school at Long Beach State. Um, I, like I said, I dated girls here and there and everything I had my moments I had my fair shares of fun but uh you know it's just uh something about her at that time because I we're both young and we're in our 20s I think 2021 20, I'm not I know I'm saying take that back it was 19 or 20 and uh yeah we went to go out a lot spend time just everything was all fresh and cool and uh you know, she had a troubled life. You know, I had a troubled life when we kind of relayed. We kind of clicked on everything. Um, at the time, you know, it was more like well, you have, how everyone says. I, Mega Man gets caught up. He gets he he falls in love too too early. Yeah, I do. You know, you have your moments, guys. And um, yeah, met her. You know, and. Uh, when uh, things didn't work out with me and my ex, you know, I moved and uh, I didn't know at the time, you know, and when I left, you know, she was pregnant and um, with my son, my first son, Gavin Martinez. And um, I was living with my mom at the time. I think my mom was going through a lot because my grandma was very, very sick. She was on diabetes and it's just any time now. She's had a lot of Alzheimer's, you know. And uh, I was working, got my old job back at Wendy's, just working with my stepdad, whatever. And uh, I was more like just talking to my cousin, um, Julian. It's like, hey, let's get our own place whatsoever. And I didn't think anything of it until I got a phone call from my ex-wife saying, hey, Remember that time so-and-so? So, yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant, you know. And uh, I was trying to work. I was more, like, confused. What do I do? My my stepdad was, and my mom was giving me a hard time to take care of it. 
you know, be there for you. You know, I, what am I to do? I didn't have no money. I had no. I was barely working and have anything. I just try to do whatever I can to hustle and probably push my cousin to get an apartment. This person didn't want to live there. She moved, so we didn't have to pay a deposit. And me and my cousin moved. It was cool and everything. Had parties, you know, and everything. But differences and did his thing. Kind of moved out. Kind of took over the apartment. It was hard, man. Working one job at the time, I didn't have credit, but I didn't have no food. The only thing I had was a fucking pork beans, fucking uh, a twenty-four pack of blueberry muffins, twenty-four pack of uh, Pepsi's here and there. I mean, the only bills I had was just, I was just paying my cell phone bill, my utilities, rent. That's it. My car insurance. That's it. That's all I had, and I was barely fucking making it. I didn't have no money. I was working one job. I was like shit. So. My baby mama, my ex-wife, was having a hard time in in Long Beach. And I told her, why don't you just come move in with me? Just move in. So I gave, I gave her money and uh, she moved. And this is the thing, I, this is where I feel like I feel really bad. I wasn't, wasn't there on my, to see my Gavin uh, born. I was never there. I heard his voice, you know, when they called in the hospital, I could hear Gavin baby crying and I was crying I was like oh my god I've seen pictures I was happy but I don't think I wasn't I wasn't ready to be a father I was just I had too much too much hateful stuff because it was it all happened I didn't go to school I was I didn't know how to take care of a baby I was rebellious because my mom was pushing me being like being hard ass to me my dad was I didn't know what to do my dad did his own, he had his own life, he had his own thing, you know, I was more just in the middle, like, who's going to be there for me, and no one was, so I just learned as I go, and that's one of the things, guys, you know, I always been that loner, or I had I had to learn things, like, if a person tells me, you just you can just tell me one time, and I, 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 can, I can figure it out, and now these, these times, you know, I have to be there for my kids and help them out, you know, with my kids is different, it took time. It's just uh, a lot of the times I used to be in a toxic relationships. My kids saw, and I can't have that anymore. So if I don't date anymore, I'm okay with it. As long as I have my kids and my daughter. Because, you know, it's hard to find a good girl these days. Um, So pretty much my ex-wife, she moved with me. We tried to make it work. You know, we we got married. We rushed. We got married young. We rushed because I didn't. I didn't want to have a bastard son. You know, I want the my my son Gavin to have a mom and dad together. And we got married, and we were like so happy, like oh, we're gonna do this. Your dad. We were making more like I work hard. I come home, breakfast like the all American family. I wanted to have the all American family. Like wow, you know, I work hard. Like my ex. My ex-wife would stay home and I'll make all the money, get the house and everything. And it was good for the maybe first, first, I think first two years and it just went downhill. And um, we tried to make it work and um, there was a lot of setbacks because of me doing overnights and she works daytimes. And we didn't have a babysitter because Gavin was little by then. And um, it was hard. 
my mom would take care. My mom was a preschool teacher. She'd do whatever she can, but I didn't have that luxury. There was a lot of times where I started, I went, there was times I wanted to go to work at 10 p.m., come home at 6.30, take my son to school, relax, pick him up, spend time with Alexander, pick up my ex-wife, spend time. We were just kind of like, more like, we didn't have it where we sleep together. We kind of had this off schedule. And that's one of the things I realized now. I don't want to be doing overnights anymore because I miss a lot of, I miss a lot of my family. I miss a lot of my kids growing up because of that, because, you know, it was hard for me because when you got kids, a lot, they're always going to ask, are you flexible? If I didn't have no kids, I would be flexible work anytime I want. But having kids, you can't work at this time, I can't work on that. So the only time for me to spend time with my kids was to work overnights. And this is where it, there were times it mentally drained me because I would be sleeping I would be kind of like half dead, like half awake, whatever, and exhausted. I have to push my body to the limit. There was a lot of times I had to drink Monsters or I'll smoke a lot of cigarettes. And it was like whatever. And um, we we try to make it work a lot of times. It was just too much, too much arguments, you know, just no communication. And that's when uh, she told me, it's like, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out. It's like, Stephen, I just want... And this is where it changed everything. I didn't know when people say, you know, the whole thing war. It's like, you know, I love you, in love with you. I didn't know about that. There was two terms, like, you know. And that's what my ex-wife said to me. It's like, hey, Stephen, I just want to tell you. I don't think this is going to work out. We're too different. I want to move back. I'm homesick. I don't know anyone over here in Modesto. And... It was pretty, it was crazy, man. And that's when she tells me, it's like, Stephen, you're a good father and everything. I love you, but I'm just not in love with you. When I heard that for the first time, guys, I was more like, I didn't really get it. But when it sunk in and I thought about it more for days and weeks, it killed me. I didn't want to eat. I was depressed. Well, at the time, I weighed about 220, and I was so depressed, I didn't eat anything. I went from 220 to, two, I think, 150. I lost a lot, a lot of weight. I didn't want to eat anything. I tried to work things out. I said, come on, give me another try. I want to sit. It, it, just, it, was, it was going downhill. It's just, we got married young. <sighs> Reflecting now, if I was to go back. And I'm going to say this one last time. I love my kids. I love Alexander. I love Gavin. I love my daughter, Luna. I love those kids. But if I was to go back, knowing what I know now, focus on work, focus on school, I probably wouldn't get married until maybe I was about 38 to 37. Because when you're in your 20s, you're still finding yourself. You're still finding yourself. You're trying to put everything in order you know, finding the right job, your own place, knowing who you are, find the right person, what are you going to do down the road, what's your goals, and I didn't have that. It was more like, fuck it, if it happens, it happens. But I'm learning that stuff now, and I'm already 38, so it took me like what? Let me see, 18. It took me maybe close to maybe... 
I want to say seven, I say 18 years, 17, 18 years to find myself. Sometimes you can find yourself in a month, maybe in a, in a year, maybe in a couple years, maybe in 10 years. Who knows? It just depends. So other than that, me and my ex, uh, baby mama, I mean, split up, divorced. She, uh, you know, moved, went back to Long Beach. I was homesick. I mean, I was depressed. I wanted to work things out with her. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get her back. And for some reason, I was just more like I was still sprung. Like, I quit my job. I sold my everything. I told my dad, I want to move with you. I want to work things out with my ex-wife. I want to get her back. I want to be the best person I can be. You know, I got cashed out. I used all my savings, you know, fixed my apartment so I can get my deposit. Just everything. I was doing everything, whatever I can, you know, just to move. And when I saved so much money and I got plus I got a new car and I saved everything. My dad helped me out. Um, I stayed with my dad, I think, for a year or two, I think. And I tried to work things out again. But things didn't work out with me and my dad. And I think my dad kind of figured there was something going figured in his heart. He, my dad used to tell me, don't be with her. Something bad's going to happen. I didn't I didn't give a care. I was like, oh, I love her. I'm going to be with her. But I think my dad knew it was, something was going to happen down the road. And it did happen. But we're going to leave that for um, part three. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to stop right here at uh, Mega Man's Life part two. So on the next podcast of Mega Man's Life Part 3, we're going to talk about the adjustments of me moving back to Long Beach, trying to work things out with my ex-wife much of the time, my rebellious life, my alcohol problem, my DUIs, you know, there's cheating involved on both sides, you know, uh, culture clash, you know, me being Mexican and her being Cambodian Thai, you know, if how it's going to clash. Um, the cultures and everything, you know, and uh, we're gonna talk about that on the, on the next uh, on the next episode. So we're gonna stop right there. So I hope you guys like what you heard, but I'm putting this out there because I want you to get to know me about me as Stephen Martinez, not as Mega Man, but little by little, you're gonna know how the Mega Man started. We're gonna get to that, but. We're gonna do step. We're gonna do step by step by step, part by part by part, and uh, like I said, it's gonna get better. The podcast is gonna come along. You know, I'm kind of. I get every time I do a podcast, I get nervous and nervous and nervous because it's like I want the podcast, I want the episode to be so perfect, and I want you guys to relate. I want you guys to support and be there for me as I'm being there for you because I don't want to edit anything. The only thing I did is make a, an intro song, which everyone was all demanding, which we got. And uh, I just want to keep it. I want to keep it 100. I want to be honest. I want to be real with you. And that's the thing. I always, always been like that with me. I always been more blunt, honest, and very dick skin. And I hold my own and I don't put up with people's shit anymore. So, yeah. Um, I want to give shout outs. I've been trying whatever I can. So, 
I know I go on Instagram a lot, Facebook here and there, but I need to focus on Facebook too because I got some cousins and family that still only have Facebook and no Instagram. Um, I want to start um, letting you guys know if you guys want to shout out, DM me, let me know, and I'll I'll get that for you guys. So shout outs uh, to Crown Royal Love eighty one, Butch Loco. You've been following me since day one, man. I love you, man. Nicholas underscore A underscore. Hope I'm saying it right this time. Paralis. Paralis. I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, Shout out to you. And if you DM me, you laugh and stuff, you can just kick me in the nuts. I'm sorry, dude. (laughs) I get nervous doing shout outs. Uh, Rick uh, 3 Ville. Shout out to you, boy. B underscore McNeil uh, four shout out to you. Uh, fuck in dot Tony shout out to you. Mario Cruz Alfredo uh, Robles uh, check his podcast out. You're not ready. You're not ready, bro. Check that. Also, there is an extravaganza this coming Monday with Martin and Huda Moreno. The the boo. Uh, Extra uh, extra boost extravaganza. It's, it's going to be at at Harvell's. They're going to have a big uh, party because they're celebrating their 100th episode of the Yo 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 podcast. Check that out, the Yo 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 podcast. Um, tickets are about ten bucks. There's going to be it's going to be it's going to get fucking crazy. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to be there. A lot of comedians, a lot of celebrities might going to be over there. If you got nothing to do and you live in the LA area. Go to Martin Moreno's uh, page on you know. There's tickets. Go to Harvell's. Tickets are only ten bucks. If you need any info or, or uh, anything about more of the the extravaganza for next Monday, and it falls on a Monday, guys. It falls on a Monday. I think it's October. Hold on, hold on, hold on. October. October twenty second. It's on a Monday. And uh, yeah, it's going to be badass. And also, wear a Halloween costume. There's going to be prizes who has the best costumes. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff. So yeah, check it out. Martina Hooter, uh, Extra Boo Gaza. And if you're looking for some cool-ass podcasts, check out, again, the Yo 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 podcast with Martina Hooter, George Perez Stories with George Perez, Sidek Gady, Producer Xavier. You can check out my podcast, the Mega Man Hour podcast. Uh, you know, of course, Joe Rogan Experience, Brandon Shaw, Fighter and the Kid, uh, Felipe Esparza, What's Up, Foo? Uh, also, uh, Alfred Robles, You're Not Ready, Bro podcast, you can find on Anchors. Um, uh, Rodrigo Torres, Yeah Man. Uh, Martin Rizzo, Squad by the Bell. I mean, if any, if you're looking for some any uh, good podcast, uh, let me know. Um, there's some good ones. Also, my boy, I'm doing a podcast. Uh, let me know, Pod. Uh, if anyone wants some good info, I like him because he's more local, San Pedro, Wilmington area, and he, and uh, that's I like that. It's more very positive, you know, good vibes, good, good small businesses, and people trying to get their name out. I like that. So let me know, Pod. If you want any info on Let Me Know Pod podcast, let me know, and I'll, I'll link you up. Um, but there's some good good po- uh, podcasts. So I think that's about it, guys. Um, I'm I gotta go uh, take a shower, 
I gotta cook dinner. I'm gonna make some tacos, um, beans. I have to get some drinks. Um, pretty much, I pay a lot of bills, so <laughs> I gotta do whatever I can. Also, if there's anyone who's, um, I'm trying to look for some sponsors. You know, anything trying to trying to get um, my podcast into the next level. Um, please. Also, I'm taking baby steps on getting my podcast better and better. So be patient with me, guys, because next year. The podcast, I'm going to blow the fucking shit up. But I'm just taking my time. I'm not rushing into things. I just want to build a, a big fan base, a hardcore fan base. And it's going to be awesome. So follow me on Instagram, 6980 on Instagram. You can find my podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitchers, Anchor, iTunes. Everyone's been talking about, is your podcast on SoundCloud? Coming soon, guys. Coming soon. Coming soon. Like I said, I'm taking baby steps. It's going to get better, 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 and better. I promise you guys. Every time I, um, I hear the podcast, I like, I like to tweak it out. I like to, you know, I want it to be perfect because I cater to you guys. Even to the overnight people, the ones who are driving the truck, stocking, uh, groceries and everything, you can hear the podcast. I'm just trying to keep it very like fresh for you guys, and you know maybe there's a lot of people who can relate to relate to my situations and stuff. And you know, I got your back. You got my back. I got yours, man. And nothing but love. You know, for all the haters criticizing me, this whatever. Thank you for listening. Subscribe. I I I'm just going to ignore it and just keep very and just keep it. Uh, just keep it positive. I'm just gonna move forward. I don't look. I don't. I don't look backwards. You know. I don't see anything. I just need to focus on my path, and um, the podcast is gonna get better and better. Um. Okay, guys. Well, you guys have a good afternoon. Taco Tuesday. Get some tacos. Get some beers. Get some fucking pussies for the girls. Get some tacos. Get some fucking beers, and get your fucking get your fucking cookie eaten out. <laughs> I had to put that. Mega Man don't give a fuck. But yeah, just nothing but love. All right, then, guys. You guys have a good day. Later.